Hi listeners, this is Tubalon Detector with Jacek Golański. Season 1. Winter in California. Tubalon Detected. Hi. Uh, would you like to use your name or you want to invent some nickname for yourself? Hi, my name is Love. <laughs> As we are talking about emotions, that might get confusing at the later stage. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, hi, my name is Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I met Jerry in Vipassana Meditation Center first last year, last winter, when he was sitting for the first time and I was serving, not for the first time, and without planning or any effort of any of our parts, uh, this year we met in the reverse situation. <laughs> He was serving, and I was sitting. <laughs> and now I am in San Luis Obispo, and we are in a spacious, full of light room. You cannot hear that, uh, listeners, but when we were very quiet for a couple of minutes meditating, I heard some children playing in the background, and you can hear cars going on a nearby street. Jerry, could you could you give a little bit? more of background of where we are and when we are yeah so we're in the central coast of california located in the beautiful town of san luis obispo it is a beautiful place here there's a lot of a good balance between urban environments and a lot of hikes and mountains and local beaches we're located a few miles away from the university here in town, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And yeah, we're interviewing in my room where I just moved in about a month and a half ago. I feel very honored and grateful to be here with Yasik and how we first met, just seeing how Vipassana brought us together two years in a row without any effort. And, and now we're here together and it's it's nice <laughs> where have you been before you moved to obispo i grew up two hours south of here in a town called oxnard then i came to san Luis obispo five years ago for university i switched my major three times i studied three different things and then i just graduated in june with a degree in environmental engineering been here for the past five years. I love this town. It's one of the most beautiful places. I love traveling, but every time I travel somewhere, it always makes me miss here. And it's so weird because I'm I feel like I'm very nomadic by nature. And it's so interesting that like this place keeps pulling me back. For now this is home. I spent just a week uh, here so far 
and I traveled quite a bit too. Now I'm sure that it's my favorite place in California and I really like California uh, in general. People are so friendly and people of different walks of life. You will find some hippies and they're obviously very open, but also people having small businesses and students and fathers of families and <laughs> mothers of families. Everybody here seems to be very friendly. Yeah, an emotion that I feel towards this place is that it just holds a lot of good memories. Like I've created a lot of good memories here. I don't know if it's necessarily an emotion, but that's like something that like when I think of this place, I think of a lot of good memories and good people. And yeah, it's a good balance between hippies and and also just like your everyday person that are compassionate people. Small enough to where you see a lot of familiar faces, but not too big either. I like the balance that it has here. Yeah. With school close by, I imagining that it's creating the healthy influx of new people and new energy. And some people will stay, some people will go, and and also just people of this country like to travel a lot. And with rent being so expensive in California, people will live out of vans, and that's such a good place to be with a van. Like the weather is so nice, and places are mm, so beautiful, and you are mobile. Oh, what nowadays is the most prevalent emotion in your life, Jerry? Mm. Three emotions come to mind right away. The first one is love. But then what do I mean by love? Like, how do I get there? And I feel like in order to enter that state of love, I've had to enter an emotion of trust. And then combined with that trust is a level of surrender. In order... For me to experience this love, I've been having to learn how to trust the universe and just life. And a lot of that has taken sense of surrender in the sense that I feel like a lot of times as humans, we think that we're in control and that we are the ones running the show. In reality, you know, there's higher intelligences, at least from my experience, there's a, a greater cosmic force guiding or orchestrating or not necessarily controlling but i like to think of it as waves like there's waves of energy one of those waves of energy is love we have the ability to ride that wave of love and it's a never-ending wave that wave is always going on it's just a matter of ourselves hopping on that wave and then we choose to hop off of it and sometimes life circumstances get us off of that wave, but we have the ability to get back onto that wave. And the things that help help me stay on that wave is surrendering to the moment and trusting that everything is exactly how it should be in that moment. By having that state of surrender and trust, it's almost like I open myself up to receive that love. Otherwise, I start closing myself down. By practicing trust, surrender, and just acceptance for how things are in a moment, it's like I'm opening myself up to realign with love. Yeah, so I would say, yeah. Which of those three, it's most basic? I feel like love is the most basic and simple of all emotions, and it is innate to the human experience. You could see it in children, that they are riding that wave of love all the time as we've grown older life experiences social conditioning various things have impeded us 
or made it more difficult for us to align with that emotion that is our natural state. I have to admit that you surprised me because I was under impression that surrender leads to trust and trust is needed to love. So as there are building blocks, then love will be the most complicated. But you switched it around and now love is the most basic. At this moment in life for me, love isn't necessarily the most simplest of the emotions to get to. And it does require those building blocks of surrender and trust to get to that talking more of like an innate human perspective when we were born maybe that state of surrender and trust is just like how we come in as at this moment in my life in order to access that state of love there's the prerequisites of trust and surrender i would like to know more about this surrender what would be the most similar different emotion to it if it can lead to some places different than trust. So two steps further that you need surrender to create trust. That's one step. And from trust, in one step, you can get to love. Try not to go two steps yet, <laughs> just one. So if there are some other places that one can go from surrender or be pushed to or inspired to go, I don't know how much will is there, how much luck is there, <laughs> how individual or societal it is. Yeah, I guess when I think of surrender, I'm like, what am I surrendering to? Are you surrendering to the present moment? Are you surrendering to an emotion, a certain force, a certain energy? Like, what is it that you're surrendering to? And I guess the thing that where that leads me now is kind of just like karma and cause and effect. And, and I feel like maybe the prerequisite to even coming into a point in my life where I started entering the state of surrender was living a life of creating good karma, doing good deeds, being very aware of my actions, my words, and my intentions, making sure that everything that I do comes from a good place or with a good intention. That made it easier for me to enter a state of surrender because if I know that I'm doing good things in the world, then I know that if I surrender, good things are going to come back. If that makes sense. Uh, it does, and it extends our map. Now I know, in your case, how to get to surrender. Where can one go from surrender? One place is a trust, but I'm wondering if there are some other places that you can go. Um, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind right now for me. What about you? I can just hold to the meaning of the word and dictionary. And I think in war, when you surrender... <laughs> You're a prisoner, <laughs> but prisoner is not an emotion. To find emotion connected with, with being in prison when, when people are powerless, but that's also not the emotion, that state in which you are. What is the emotion when you are in in situation and you feel that you cannot get to any other place? Helpless? Yeah, powerless or helpless. Maybe helplessness? Yeah. That just gets me thinking about, is the world happening to you or are you creating your own world? And I guess in that state, from one perspective, viewing it from like a state of helplessness or powerlessness, the world is happening to me 
and I am going with whatever comes my way. And then the other way comes in the word empowerment where you're like, no, wait, like I'm the creator of my life. I get to choose what I want. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen, but just having that acknowledgement that like, hey, like I have the ability to create whatever it is that I want in life. I am an empowered individual. And then being able to ask for help or ask for whatever it is that you need um, doesn't mean you're going to get it, but it's like it's it's it comes from a different space. It's instead of you receiving, you emitting. Mm. My favorite emotion is gratitude. Mm. I'm convinced that the world is very complicated and a little bit similarly to what you said about riding a wave. I think we are washed with lots of waves at the same time. In any situation that we are in, there is lots of states of mind that we can create or tap into. And if you are alive, I would say there is space for gratitude. You can surrender to that. To you can you can choose which wave you are surrendering to, and then you will flow with it. So I think yeah, just out of habit for me, surrender probably can lead as many things because I <laughs> I created lots of paths to gratitude because I like it so much. And for me personally, I like to go to the big picture, in which there's no much that I can do. So I'm just grateful that I live in time and place that if I need water, I go to a tap and <laughs> put such a small amount of effort to get it. And it's of a such high quality that like, mm, this is amazing. And I cannot destroy it single-handedly and it would be very hard to improve it <laughs> as one person. In that way, surrendering to the state of world which we are in now and which is so comfortable for me, leads me to gratefulness. Huh. Do you think that there are other ways that lead to trust and other places than love that you can go from trust? <laughs> Trying to figure out the map of emotions a <laughs> little, little better. Oh, so we went from paying attention to karma to surrender mm -hmm. and checked where we can go from surrender. And I know that you will go from surrender to trust and from trust to love. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there are other forks in the road. Can you get to trust from place different than surrender? And can you go from trust to emotions different than love? Hmm. I guess to, to trust, I go back again to cause and effect and karma because like I can trust that if I do good in the world good is going to come back because that's just the law of nature of cause and effect so yeah that's the first one that comes to mind for me um let me reflect on this a little more and i feel like also choosing to see the best in every situation also leads to a state of trust I feel like when I interact with people or interact with the moment, I choose to perceive, at least I do my best, I choose to perceive or see things in the best way possible. So even, you know, if it's 
someone or something that maybe on the surface an ordinary person would be like turned away from or scared or whatever it may be like I choose to see like the best in any situation and I feel that helps me enter a space of trust because like I'm choosing to see that um so yeah I feel like that's another thing that helps me just choosing to see the best in everyone and everything to the best of my ability anything for you Uh, (laughs) again like trust is quite important for me I think that's the correct way (laughs) of being around people and some mammals (laughs) and I'm wondering like how I am getting there it's not universal if I would happen to be in a place with scarce resources maybe I would be less trustful than I am now but I am surrounded by abundance <laughs> for all of my life, even the yeah, worst, worst part of the history that I could live through was in comparison to other times on the planet, quite fortunate. I think now it's time to be full of trust because cooperation will give much better fruits than lack of it. It doesn't have to be even fighting for things, but just just being passive I think gonna be less fruitful than cooperation. If there's so many avenues to explore and so many connections to be made between like animal sciences and psychology and physics to create brain scanning equipment to take another perspective to psychology. You can go in so many directions and not only sciences, but art and social change all of that can benefit from cooperation now so and for cooperation trust is needed so yeah i from my observations and thinking about it that that's how i got to trust just now is a good time for trust yeah and that makes me think of honesty too that helps lead to cooperation and trust because yeah you just need to be honest with whatever it is, however you feel, whatever you're thinking, and yeah. I think now we are more ready to try to untangle the the love part. <laughs> 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 and is that's the term being so often used in such a different contexts uh-huh. that there is some work to be done Uh (laughs) some cooperation (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if you could say something more about situations in which you feel love that would be interesting I think that makes me think about there's different types of love so it's like what type of love are you curious and learning more about Mm. how many distinctive types of love you can think about (laughs) I guess fundamentally they're all the same, but I think of like the way that I express and feel love towards you is different than the type of love that I feel towards my parent or towards a significant partner, a female friend or towards my bed or towards my car, you know, like fundamentally they're all the same, but they're like expressed in different ways. Um, Besides those ways in which they're expressed differently is there some gradient happening in them like colors there are lots of different colors but they can be more and less intense or saturated it came to my mind i i 
And I wonder, can one say that white is the least saturated and black most saturated? Or white being the lightest of colors? <laughs> or any color can be as light? <laughs> I'm searching for some kind of metric different than kind, like maybe intensity. I'm just curious if there is some yardstick that we can measure love by. Looking outside the window and looking at my lemon tree, I feel so much love towards that lemon tree. And I feel like a lot of that love is sometimes expressed as a simple, grateful type of love, where I just walk outside early in the morning and grab a lemon. And I just feel so grateful to the tree and that I'm able to use a lemon and make some warm lemon water first thing in the morning. And I feel such a deep sense of love and gratitude. In that way, it's more of a softer, gentler type of love. Whereas sometimes in the cacao ceremony that we were in, or like in the sound healing circles where I'm, we're being bathed in these vibrations of sound that are just expanding my physical body and making me feel emotions on such a deeper level and just feeling an overwhelming sense of love. It's interesting. I'm not sure how to differentiate um, the two. I guess the deepest experiences of love that I've had recently have been when I'm surrounded by people that I care about and everyone's just being themselves and everyone's just very open and loving and caring towards one another. And there's this just like presence that fills the air where I just feel so blessed and so expanded that sometimes I smile so much that my face cramps and I'm just like oh my god I am the luckiest person on earth right now the love that I feel running and coursing through my body is so vast that it's making my face cramp as I smile so I feel like a lot of the deeper states of love that I've been experiencing in that regard have come through interacting with community it reminds me of just being a playful little kid and just being so happy for life, really feeling into that. Um, so yeah, I feel like those have been those have been like the peak experiences of love that I've had recently. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, I think that I know the answer to a question, but I will still risk <laughs> asking it. What is your favorite emotion to experience? Honestly, I think just having the ability to experience emotion is my favorite. Just having the ability to feel whatever emotion it may be, because that's just what makes me human. And I mean, although, you know, ideally I would be experiencing more loving emotions and less unpleasant emotions. I'm a human being and I experience both. So just really feeling okay with feeling whatever it is and just knowing that this too shall pass. Yeah, I just, I'm, I feel very grateful for the ability to feel. <laughs> but I consciously do my best to align myself and to live a reality where I'm experiencing more loving and expansive emotions. I'm glad that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Which emotion you could do without? <laughs> Probably anxiety. Honestly, <laughs> I started experiencing anxiety probably like three years ago while I was studying engineering at university. And it really affected my life a lot. And it hasn't been until probably 
a few months ago or like a year ago that it's been neutralized more and it's been, I've been able to work with it and not experience it so much but still from time to time I experience it and it's just a very uncomfortable emotion that gets me out of the present moment gets me in my head and it's just unpleasant um, but just training myself to like come back to my breath and to just sit and to breathe through that really has helped and to not run away from it and just be with it so I guess that the decision of studying and in the place that you did and as intense as it is and I saw <laughs> staying with Nicole how intense it can be led you to this emotion do you think that was price worth paying yeah just because of how much good has come from my life because of that like the people that I've been able to meet the experiences that I've been able to have and everything that it brought into my life is totally worth it but still going through anxiety and going through just the whole engineering course was um very challenging and I don't really wish it upon anyone but there are ways to overcome it and to yeah grow from it what do you think emotions are energy and motion <laughs> oh such a simple answer <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I think that was the engineer talking. <laughs> mm, but but I would like you to elaborate as I know that if I throw a rock it is in motion and there is some energy and I don't know if you believe that there is some emotion there. <laughs> So what is an emotion? I guess when I think of an emotion, I think of a feeling like an emotion brings a feeling. So I guess maybe it's just like a different lens that you experience life through. And it could manifest as something physical that you feel in your body. Maybe it changes the way you see things. Maybe it changes the way you hear things. Um, but yeah. I guess I would describe it as that. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. It is a different way of looking at things and both trust and anxiety. That would be a very clear example if we have one situation in which there's a group of people and one is trusting and one is anxious. It's the same situation for both of them, but they will perceive it so much differently. The trusting one, seeing people moving rapidly, will think like, oh, it's time to dance. <laughs> <laughs> and the anxious one, depending how obviously it's dancing, will can, can feel like, oh, they can hit me by accident or intentionally, or I cannot dance, I will be judged. So it's the same situation, but read in such a different way. And I think bodily sensations are a really big part of it. And there's some psychological theories saying that first something happens in the immediate surrounding of a person, which leads to some bodily sensations. And then based on past experiences and the culture that the person lived through, he will interpret those sensations and create the prism to look through. 
I think that's the process that is leading to and creating emotions with a little bit of my own imagination, some of Vipassana understanding of it, which is very similar. And I I was very happy to hear that when I came for the first course because that was one of the psychology findings that I took the most from myself, that f- there is this catalog of reactions to sensations that you can enlarge studying different cultures or just using imagination. You can create a new emotion for yourself. From now on, when when my knees are shaking, <laughs> I will be excited. That's not creating new one, but like choosing between being afraid, excitement, which shares a lot. People who are into extreme sports, most people are looking at what they're doing like, this is scary. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're mistaken. It is fun. It is exciting. Lots of people are saying that schadenfreude <laughs> is something that not German people do not experience so often and you have to be introduced to the term to be able to feel it actually and you can search different cultures for different emotions reactions to death of significant others and live not sadness but something else maybe appreciation of the lineage or the passing of, of life or the quietness of death there is so many emotions that you can create based on this <laughs> event and the sensations that are coming to your body and also after experiencing one emotion strongly for longer time because of how neurotransmitters work you will go to a different place so i do this laughter workshops and sometimes they're very intense and loud so you can go into sadness if you are not careful <laughs> but you can also go to very quiet place and be peaceful instead of sad the bodily sensation will be of different kind you will be tired of being so happy So you have to go somewhere else and I will, if I see that group was very intense, I will try to guide them to to some some place like that with this understanding of what emotions are. That was great. Thank you for sharing. How do you think humans in general, the civilization, would be better off experience more or less emotions? I feel like just from my experience, and just mentioning how like I appreciate all emotions I feel like there's a real beauty in being able to feel and experience different emotions but also navigate through them and what to make of them because I've witnessed within myself growing up and within a lot of the culture here is a numbing of emotions and when certain unpleasant emotions come up people resorting to substance abuse whether it's alcohol cigarettes or any other forms of drugs just to numb those emotions and to not feel that is something that as humans we can improve on our emotional intelligence having maybe more teachers or more people that can guide people through those emotions i feel like would be very valuable because then people would be able to process through their own emotions and be empowered and navigate through that also vipassana meditation makes people more skilled at dealing with emotions i wonder what do you think it does I feel like it just helps me observe them rather than identify with them. So if anything, it almost takes away a lot of the emotional charge. If I identify with a certain emotion, then I'm feeling it fully and I'm like, I'm in it. And it just becomes heavier and it's just more vivid of an experience. Whereas with Vipassana, 
in meditation, it's like you're able to kind of take a step back and observe what's taking place without necessarily going wherever it wants to take you. So then being able to take a step back and see it from a different perspective, I feel like that's what it really helps with. What emotions do you feel when presented with <laughs> tasty food? Mm. <laughs> he licked his lips after hearing the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> don't get me started with foods. <laughs> I feel my taste buds, I feel my tongue start to like salivate and just like all the pre-digestive enzymes in my mouth starting to like do their thing and I just feel pure bliss and ecstasy for the colors and the flavors and the textures and the temperatures and I just feel so alive like I love food and especially if it's something that's like good for my physical mental and emotional body and something that's like nourishing me like i love food so much it's something that we get to do every day luckily i am blessed enough that i live in a place in the world that i am blessed with an abundant option of foods and i get i get to eat delicious food every single day so I love food and I'm so grateful that I get to eat the foods that I do. <laughs> I saw, I saw. And this is a question of a not too well hidden agenda. <laughs> Who is the kindest person that you could introduce me to? <laughs> Wow, that's a good question. Honestly, it's not just one person, but it's a community. And I feel like you've gotten to know them. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like it's not just one person. It's it's an entire group of people that emanate that, that kindness and that compassion and that love. And Yeah, I'm glad you've gotten to meet um, a few of them since you've got here. Almost all, maybe besides loneliness, oh no, even loneliness, are getting stronger when there's a group of people to experience it and share it and emanate it. Yeah, even, even I think loneliness, if you're in a big group of people and still feel lonely, That's going to be much stronger than if you are lonely and, uh, on your own. Wow. <laughs> That literally took me back to a few years ago when I was still like drinking a lot and partying a lot and just going out to bars or going out to college parties. There's some exceptions, but generally the theme and the energy there If you really t take a step back, it comes from an underlying sense of loneliness that people feel and trying to find that connection. And again, maybe from an outsider looking in, you can change your perception and not choose to see it like that and and choose to see it in, in, a, in a better way. But just from like my experiences being in those shoes, that was often the feeling that I would have 
that was all of the questions I prepared. Do you want to add something about the emotions in general? Yeah, I think just um, reiterating what I said earlier, I think it's beautiful that we as human beings have the ability to feel from such a wide um, range of emotions. Growing up, I, it was an overall pleasant childhood, but I experienced a lot of suffering, and I feel like all, all those years of being, I would say, more in the darkness than the light were my greatest teachers, and they've ha- helped me appreciate where I am in life right now, and just all the love that I'm surrounded with, like, I am so grateful for every single day because I know what it's like to be on the other side, and that's also what gives me so much hope for the world, just knowing that if I had the ability and and I changed for the better than anyone can. I'm not any different than anyone else. Like I'm not any special. I'm just a normal human being who um who decided to change. So it makes me very hopeful for for the world and just yeah, sharing what I can when I can and yeah, taking things one day at a time. You said that emotions is what make human human. I wonder do you believe that different animals also have emotions? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked into any of the science for that, but I mean I've definitely seen animals express like love and express, you know, and they're in their like they're in their families and people have their roles and just seeing like little bears like snuggle up together or like birds chirping next to one another on the trees or you know like i feel such a deep sense of love hearing these things and seeing these things so <laughs> i i almost bet that they're experiencing some sort of love as well <laughs> <laughs> you are saying that love is the natural way for human beings and i'm wondering then what is the basis of anything else why some people are not able to ride the wave of love at some points of their lives that is a good question it's just about remembering that we have the option to ride that wave what makes us forget maybe experiences that were not from love maybe experiences like as a child where you experienced the opposite of love or experienced things that made that made you lose your trust in that love or you know whether it's like social conditioning or cultural appropriation whatever whatever it may be i'm i'm not sure but given in the world where there's so much stimulus and so many distractions maybe it makes kind of sense that people would forget but then it makes it that much more beautiful when you remember so yeah <laughs> to still try to make it a little bit harder for you <laughs> because and i i agree with that that those emotions different from love are being most of the time created by other humans it's society it's what you say social conditioning uh, or culture and culture is being created by humans and if all of us got was were born with love i'm wondering still how it's how we invented those other things to to uh, divert our, our, ourselves from it i understand that it is not easy question so if, <laughs> you, <laughs> if you don't have an answer that's perfectly okay but yeah. it's it's curious for me yeah i think that's a, another deep rabbit hole that maybe we could get into another time mm. um, 
Okay. Uh, thank you very much. If you have still something to add or some questions for me, we can do that. Um, I just want to say thank you for making the time to reach out to me and for sitting down and having this conversation. Like this type of interaction is like one of my favorite things to experience as a human, just to be able to sit down, enjoy some warm tea and have a conversation about things that matter, you know, and talking about life and grateful to be here with you. And yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. And <laughs> thanks for whoever's listening. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for having me and creating space for all this. Like, if not for you, I would not visit uh, San Luis Obispo. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> really nice of you. Great coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and thank you. <laughs> I know how to reach all of the two balloons that I talked with. If you have questions for them or would like to contact me, write. My email is fishgoat at gmail.com. Goodbye. Do your interviews all vary in length? Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's I will I will need to be smart figuring the figuring out the framing system because they are <laughs> all over the place. What do you mean by that? So if I would like to create a podcast, it would it, it needs to have a title, for example. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So how do you title things that contain both interviews or talks about death and dying uh -huh. and some pretty random <laughs> abstract show that two <laughs> college students created in their room <laughs> under the same title. You just like, I don't know, I feel like overall maybe it has a general theme or a general like yeah, kind of like I energy see. and then you could have these like special edition episodes, mm. you know? Mm. Maybe I don't know. I would have to. I there is a, come to. this term uh, created by friend friend of mine, which is chubalom. Mm -hmm. How would you say that? The word that I just just said. Would you say? Try to recreate it from memory. Chubalon. Chubalon. I said chubalon, but I think you're a second one saying chubalon. Chubalon. Yeah. How would you spell that? T u b a l o n. Yeah, so I will go with that most probably. Chubalon detector. Chubalon detector. And Chubalon in Polish is like crazy person. You can call it Chub, which is a little bit offensive, but not really. It's like positive, po po positively insane. Some, something of that sort. Different, uh, but good. Uh, so it. I think that's the theme that I am drawn to some people. Uh -huh. And I'm curious about what their minds <laughs> have to offer. 
and I am the detector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and yeah, whatever I detect, I record. <laughs> and that's the umbrella umbrella over it. Nice. And then it can go any direction it wants. So yeah, I think maybe that's the idea behind it. Nice.